the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me as always is editor Aidan Orman. Good morning. Taking time out from deadline day. Uh, thanks for that. And Kevin Ayres, online editor supreme. Every day is deadline day. Every day is deadline day online. Every hour is yes. deadline day. In fact, it's just one long deadline. Right, let's get into it. Round 8 review of the A-League. Kicked off Friday night at the Allianz. Sydney SC one Adelaide 2, uh, Ferreira opened the scoring on 21 minutes, cancelled out by Yaro Yao's uh, neat finish on 57, but in a sort of inevitable finish really, uh, 88th minute, Dario Vilasic popped up um, and scored a winning goal in front of 13,317 mm. people. I know. Well, I think it says a lot about... Did Fr- you share my sense of I inevitability sh- going I into the last shared- Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, their confidence is shot these days. So you just had that feeling that was going to happen. I think the best team won. Um, but I think it says also a lot about Friday night football as well. It just, just doesn't work in Sydney. Mm, yeah, but I think it's got more to do with uh, Sydney's fortunes, to be honest, than yeah, anything I else. Uh, I promise you, if they'd have been played 7-1-7, seven, seven, there would be more than 13,000 mm. there. I think you probably would have doubled that at yeah. least. Uh, and, you know, I think the most surprising thing that came out of that was the fact they were in with a chance with 88 minutes to go, to be honest. Uh, the fact that it was still 1-1 at that stage is the biggest surprise of all. Frank Farina, we're going to talk about it later, but he's got so much work to do, so much work to do, and he just needs to instill confidence. That's the first thing with them, them to believe that they can win, because I don't think at the moment they do. Yeah, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll look. I mean, and this is one of those things, when your confidence is down and things aren't going your way, they'll look at that winning goal that they lost to and go... Look at the air swing from that yeah. guy, which meant the Chevsky was going towards the end. And then there's another, and it's really easy when you're in a bit of a rut like this to sort of convince yourself that things aren't that bad. And look, if we were, just, you know, we'd just been unlucky, but unfortunately, you know, they need to uh, start producing their own luck. Yeah, yeah, they're just right now. They're just not good enough. And and to add insult to injury, the player who scored Adelaide's first goal was playing for Dulwich Hill in Sydney not a year ago. Yeah. So you know. Stolen, you know, under their noses, and now he's playing in the A League with Adelaide, and he scores against them. Yeah, a former Chelsea player as well. Adelaide looking very, very good. Vidasic finally really does seem to be hitting the form. Terrible news about that injury uh, depriving him of the place in the the Socceroos squad this week. Uh, But hopefully he'll overcome that and come back as good as he was. uh, He has been up to now this season. Really, so delighted for him to see him actually living up to the potential that we've always. You know, uh, held, uh, felt he's held, uh, and Adelaide themselves constantly is surprising us, and uh, it's no longer a surprise. It's it's no. uh, expected uh, for them to. I think if anything, I expected them to win more easily than they did. I've got to say, he did come out in the second half with the worst knee bandage I've ever seen. It was like an over 35s little tubey grip where he got on Within about five minutes, it was all wrinkled. And it was like, come on, mate. Uh, what are you going to tell Piero? What did you think of the tackle, though? It was a little... I thought it was a little bit of a, a late... bit of a nasty one. Oh, I did, yeah. 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 Uh, I think he was uh, very lucky to get away with it, to be honest. Uh, that could have been a, a ban for a good couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you would have thought. Yeah. 
Sorry, Adam. You, yeah, you sorry, I'm just saying that Pierre. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on his performance? Well, I, part of me surprised he's still turning up, but, you know. Yeah. Um, it, I guess, you know, he's probably in that sort of, um, you know, in that catch-22 situation in that he's got such a massive, you know, sort of following and public image and appeal and reputation that, you know, he, he's not going to want to go down as a quitter. You know, the first time things don't go his way in his career. So I think he will be here, you know, certainly for the long haul. I don't anticipate any sort of shock news, particularly now that they've got a new coach coming in. He went on his website this week and sort of said, you know, we need to start again. Everyone needs to work. But you can just see him visibly deflate. So the next time so he many gives times. the ball to someone and doesn't get it back or they don't read the play. And, mm. you know, I thought Antonis coming back in made a little bit of a difference. They seem to be on a, a, a bit of the mm. same wavelength. I thought... Brett Emerton was was poor for me, you know. He's, you know, you just, you know, if you're looking at that team and you look at the players that you need to stand up at this point and and really sort of show leadership, you know, you'd probably be looking at Emerton as as the top of the list as Mm. as well as Del Piero. Mm. Um, And I, you know, I just think, and I can't put my finger on it because he's fit. I think, yeah. you know, this, this just doesn't seem to be any logical reason. I've got a huge respect for him, so it is a bit disappointing to see it, but. What can you do? That's and yeah, you know, for me, for me they, just, they lack a centre forward. Mm. You know, like, because well, they had a centre forward. It was called Bruno Casarin, and they let it. Yeah, go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was never Bruno's biggest fan, but you know, I think he, he got. Just... I, I think he got so badly hard done by. To be honest, you know, he wasn't he, he top goal scorer for the last was. two seasons. Yes, he was, and you know, they just let him slip through the fingers. He mm. wasn't an attractive player. He wasn't, you know, the box to box. Uh, really pull back and throw himself in with the rest of the team when it came to defending type player. But he was an effective striker. I didn't think much of him when he first arrived, but, you know, stats are... can't, don't lie. Mm. Yeah, 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 it's done okay, but it's, it's really bad for me as a Brummy saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Can you, can you, can you my, say his first name as well? about memories of my childhood. Yeah, no, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, Keep it tight. But, you know, he's not the sort of player that you can play the ball up to and it'll stick and he'll hold on to it. And he, he wants the ball. That goal was a perfect example of his strength. You know, mm, he yeah. wants the ball ahead of him. Yeah. And when you're under pressure and you're struggling and you're under the cost, the problem is, is that they're playing the ball out and it's just coming straight back. Yeah. You know, and there's that, no chance of sort of get, you know, and then and then launching counter attacks because it's it's all too quick. So either yeah. one ball and yeah. Yaz running onto the ball behind the defence, or they lose it and they're under pressure again. And that I think Kazarin's appeal was that he could hold the ball up. Yeah, yeah. and he could score. And, and uh, I should just say that there is an actual interesting article on Kazarin in the next issue of 442, written by Simon Hill. Watch out for that. Yeah. Very interesting. I, mean, I wonder how much room, if any, they've got on the salary cap because if you look down at Adelaide, there's a fella there that's not getting picked. Yeah, mm. and would be ideal for yeah. them. You know. So ideal. And Karina Lovrek as well. I mean, I don't know what's happening with him. Another top buy. Yeah. Jack is shaking his head there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess, you know, one, on one hand, you could say he was brought to play the number 10 role before they had any knowledge that um, mm. Del Piero was coming but from what I've seen of him had he been playing that number 10 role they'd probably be in even more trouble yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, alright Melbourne Heart Newcastle Jets surreal ding dong at uh, Amy Park cracking game this um, if you're John Aloisi you, you, you'd probably be a, a little bit disappointed you know when your team goes 2-0 up after 5 minutes I and mean, they came out of the blocks firing Garcia in the first minute 
was it seventh fastest goal? I was quite surprised at that. It's like a goal after like <laughs> yeah. 33 seconds and then it came through the seventh it's fastest. It's not even in the top five. It's actually uh, a rather slow goal, really. Tad, Tadic uh, with a fifth-minute penalty. Those goals were cancelled out early in the second half by Goodwin and Zakovic uh, before Garcia restored the lead, but they couldn't hold on to it with uh, Ryan Griffiths slotting a late penalty to, uh, to get a share of the spoils. Kev? Yeah, good ding-dong battle. Uh, you know, can't say the fans didn't get the money's worth for that one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, great character from the, from the Jets to, to come back from the situation they were in, uh, especially away from home. Zadkovic goal. That's going to be one of the collector's items, too. Well, um, he has enough shots, I know. He does. Most, <laughs> most of them end in Rose Zedkovic. Bumptish. It's hard to believe that Zadkovic actually played for the Socceroos four years ago. I was looking at some old video. He played against China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard to I remember that. his call-up. I remember yeah. talking to Cozzy about it. it Garcia is, is, is in an absolute purple patch at the moment, and Tadish as well really impresses me too. I've been impressed with him. Yeah. Tadish right. has been a really He's good really fight. flown under the really radar. Um, Great touch, really good awareness. Yeah. You know, everything that Kruno Lovrek, Sydney would have hoped he was going to bring. Yeah, yeah, they got the wrong Croatian player. I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Melbourne Heart, I just can't, I can't pick them. They're just, every week is something different. You know, They're either scoring goals or they're leaking goals or they're... Winning away in fantastic form. I just can't pick them. So they come to Sydney this week. Who knows what will happen? Mm. In terms of the Jets, I mean, interesting Heskey to didn't see. score. Heskey Again. didn't score. Again. And by the way, obviously, for those of you following me on Twitter, you would have seen that me and Emil buried the hatchet at the Australian Football Awards. Finally, <laughs> I just, I just can't carry on not not liking a guy that's just so likable. Yeah, a lovely fella. Anyway, long may it continue. Um, Goodwin being dropped was an interesting choice from uh, Van Egmond. Uh, he obviously brought him on early in the second half and uh, he scored with his first touch. That's yeah. the sort of best way to give a coach a nod. <laughs> yeah, particularly against the club he used to play for. He's, he actually was signed by, by the Jets from Hart. Um, and in fact, I saw Goodwin play on that pitch in the VPL grand final and just stood out. Uh, what a player. And again, he scores. Mm. Um, Arguably the, the left back of the, of the league at the moment. Yeah, with I, think, I think he's a cracker on the left wing. Um, I'm not so sure about his left back credentials as much as sort of left winger uh, myself. But, I, I, you know, I think, uh, like you were saying about the, the scoring first touch and coming off the bench, it was a wake-up call. I think Van Eggman was trying to give a good one just mm. to yeah, yeah, calm him down. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that good man management? I, I think so. But, Van Eggman, so you're but, a, you know, but you're not... Then, by the same Not token, automatic. it's a wake-up call for Van Egmont uh, uh, from Goodwin himself, saying, yeah, OK, yeah. play me off the bench, play me wherever you like. Something's going to score goals. You, know, you guys go up there every so often, but we don't see him every week in training. You know, Maybe Van Egmont saw him getting a little bit cocky or something during training, talking about the lesson, worked, he comes off the bench, he yeah. scores. You know, so. I think you know, the worry's always got to be highlights in the hair. As soon as you get highlights in the hair, then you got to you're big up in yourself. The full the full arm sleeve. <laughs> so when you got an eighteen year old kid who Karen plays a couple of games. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Glory versus Phoenix. Um, interesting this in that it was uh, it was two New Zealand internationals that scored mm. the goals. Um, Shane Smelt scoring against a lot of his All Whites teammates after sixty two minutes, cancelled out by Jeremy Brocky talking about players in a purple patch. Um, great display in the nets from uh, Mark Paston um, to, to keep Perth out. And a uh, great point, this, for Wellington. Yeah, and, and Glory now um, one point from six, I think. I mean, we expected those two home games, this one, and I think we tipped them to, to win last week on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, Kiss of death. Kiss yep. of death, yeah, Absolutely. one point from we six. Again. 
Um, the famous rivalry as well between Pathgory and Wellington uh, Phoenix. Huge rivalry, No, it? absolutely. Yeah. Um, Notorious. Brocky, we're going to have to change our tune about being, you know, inconsistent. And Sorry, did you say scoring. we? No, 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 we. you're on your own on this, Kev. I was bigging him up at the start of the season. You were the one who was saying, I'm not sure whether they've got, the, you know, the depth outside of Eiffel. I said they've got Brocky. Yeah, yeah. Jacko? Yeah, we Adjudicate on that one. I'd say De- Kev was definitely leading the uh, unconvincing charge. But... <laughs> <laughs> and what about Perth, Kev? I mean, you know, started really strongly. They did, didn't they? And now uh, they've just gone off the ball. Faded off a little bit. I think Smelts being out for as long as he was was uh, disruptive. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think the team's entirely built around Smelts, but he's a key component nevertheless. Uh, it's where you look to for your goals uh, a lot of the time. But having said that, you know, Mehmet and McGarry are both capable of uh, scoring for them. They just haven't been. Uh, and it's just looking a little bit slack and uh, lazy in the final third. The defending isn't quite as watertight as it has been previously. Um, it's it's all just gone a bit uh, bit lazy. Are they, a, are they a bit predictable as well? I blame Mo- I, personally, I blame Movember. Yeah. Liam Miller has just not performed since he's had that tash. It's weighing him down too much. It's a reverse Samson effect, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> so I know what you're saying. You think they might be a bit, a little bit predictable. Do they? Do they sort of? Do you look at them the way they set up, the way they play? They, you kind of know how they're going to play each week. I mean, it's a coach, the, the, the coach in the room, Jack. Do you, do you look at a team like Perth and go, "Yeah, I know exactly how they're going to play." Yeah, and but, even that, those but, but everyone knows how Barcelona are going to play. Knowing how they're going to play and dealing with it are two different things. Yeah, so. but I think you can deal with Perth. Aside from Smeltz, I mean, Smeltz is will always score wherever he's gone. But I just, I don't know. You just look at them, you just think. Yeah, I know what we're going I, to do with I still think, you know, Perth Glory are missing Andrezinho. Uh, and I, I said You're this. still on the Andrezinho? I'm still on the Andrezinho thing. Yeah. Because he, when he came off the bench, he did offer something different. You know, he mm. did mix things up. He, was, he suddenly transformed a solid unit team into, you know, unpredictable flying up the left wing, flowing in crosses, and, you know, mm. it just gave them that something extra. I think, I think and they don't have Fergie that. never rated him. That was uh, and I agree. You know, I don't think he was in any way a, a great left back. It's the same with Goodwin. You know, I think he, he was a great left winger, uh, left midfielder. But he, he just brought that unpredictability to the side, and he, he ran at players and just mixed things up, and that's what they're missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not necessarily with it, Andrezinho, but you know. That's what I mean with the predictability need, of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Western Sydney uh, hosted Melbourne Victory. Um, Melbourne Melbourne Victory fans must just love coming to Sydney right now um, after their three-two back from the dead uh, win at Sydney FC. Uh, they went down to 10 men after 15 minutes. Sam Gallagher sent off on debut. What do, what do we make of the sending off? Best thing Kresinger's done all season, I think, from what I can see. Um, <laughs> he hasn't done much, let's face it. But um, I mean, what are we? I mean, I think it was the discussion was around he was fouled first, or, or people said the referee didn't blow up for it. Therefore, you know, he should have been excused a red card. I don't really feel it no, works like that no, because it's not. you play to the whistle. If yeah. the referee hasn't seen the first foul, doesn't mean you've got carte blanche to do what you like. No, it's re- in, the, in the remainder of the play. You absolutely know. not. No. Retaliation is retaliation, you know, uh, doesn't matter whether or not you were failed in the first place. It's quite simple. Um, but, you know... Uh, I mean, in, in that situation to... as a defender, and I know it's, I wish we had a defender in here to talk about that, 15 minutes gone, surely in your head you've got to think, let him go. Mm. 
You know, I know it didn't work out in this case, yeah. it, but if you, if you it, think it, right, it's a red card or my keeper's got a one-on-one -on -one after 15 minutes. Okay, and the worst case scenario is you go one down, but you've still got 75 minutes with 11 men. Mm. You know, or you bring the guy down, and then your teams potentially still might concede a goal from that. And you're down to ten men for seventy-five minutes. Yeah, uh, can you not? Not defenders think that. I that, don't think there is necessarily that thought. And I think more likely what Postacoglu would have said to them is, "Look, Wanderers are going to come out and they're going to look for that uh, opening goal early on. They're going to throw everything at you. Just hold tight for the first twenty-five minutes, uh, and then you know we'll pull back and uh, take charge." Uh, and I think that was probably more than anything what was going through Gallagher's mind. You know, yeah. hold tight, don't let him pass, mm. uh, and don't concede that goal. And I'm not going to be to blame for it. You, you know, it's a rare start for him as well. Well, it's his debut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, young lad as well, good player. But you last know, thing he's going to want second. to do is let anybody get past him. Yeah. I think naive experience, and I think, you know, Wanderers taking advantage of that too. I think also, I mean, it's a good point what you make about that split-second decision. I mean, you look at Kresnji, he hasn't scored all season. I'd yeah, bet. I'd bet. You know, in that split second, you go, okay. He's, Who is it? Oh, nice question. I'll let him go. No, if it was smelts, yeah, you might have second thoughts. So, yeah, yeah but I look, victory, you know, with 10 men showed character. Beecham, own goal um, for half time, which is a bit of a killer. Loves an own goal, Beecham, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, and speaking then, uh, of Moe's as well, what a shocking and moment. Then, and then Archie Thompson uh, pops up. He just loves playing in Sydney as well. Just, just loves scoring goals. Um, yeah. On 60 minutes, so it's a, it a great performance from Victory. But you, again, you probably say though, of all the teams, you know, to handle being a man down, you know, Flores has been playing that false nine position, uh, and they just play without him. He was suspended, yeah. but, but you know, they just play without him. Yeah, you know, they still had Roas and Thompson, mm. you know, as the twin, and and they're good at keeping the ball. It's, you know, yeah, so yeah. when you've got a man down. You know, I think a lot's often made of, of how big a difference that is. But, you know, it's effectively the difference between 4-4-1-1 and 4-4-1. You know, you, you, you've still got your defensive unit. You've still got your midfield unit. Mm. You just have to, sort of, you know, mm. and, and if, you, if you're able to keep the ball when you have it, you know, that's, that's, and, and they proved that. And Victory proved this last season as well. They went down to nine men. When they played Brisbane Raw, I was at that game, and they just—they were just superb. But I think they did it in a very different way. Yeah, in, absolutely. In, the, in that, that was like, right, we're going to get four-four, and we're going to stay compact. I yeah, mean, we don't care. We're just going to surrender <laughs> possession to Brisbane everywhere other than our danger area. This was very different. Yeah, I think this was this yeah, was under no, pretty much no attacking threat when they were when they were down against the Raw. Here, they were, you know, still threatening with yeah. ten men. It's a difference between Ange and yeah. Say. Jurakovic, yeah. The other thing I think uh, that was impressive with that is the fact that Flores isn't missed. You know, he's not key. He's not central to the team. Uh, when he was at Adelaide, you know, the, the team pretty much uh, revolved around him. Uh, here, they've got such talent, and Ange has them playing a system where they can slot in. Uh, they, if he comes out of the team... They just carry on regardless, and it's not even noticed. Uh, I think that's a great testament to what Postecoglou has done already after you know eight rounds into the, the season. Uh, and as for Rojas, mm. pretty impressive. And for for Popper, you know, it seems to be a, a mixed bag for him at the moment. You know, a great performance followed by you know they'd, they'd probably look at this and think, 15 minutes gone, down to 10 men. The expectation would be. Go on 
and win the game, but does he, you know... Mm. Well, the, the week before, they... They, they did the opposite. The opposite. I think they. I think they suit that scenario away from home when it's compact and organised, and you know, you know, they're batting down the hatches. And at home, when they have to make more of the play, I know it's a bit of a simplistic way mm. of looking, but they they struggle a little bit when they have to make the play and really take the game to the the opposition. I think you know, the boils down to the the problem that we've spotted with Wanderers since day one: where the goals are going to come from. You know, if you're playing against ten men uh, and can't score a single goal apart from an own goal. Uh, I think you know it's very clear there's an issue there, uh, and it's something they're going to have to look at. Mm. Uh, and Hersey was missing as well, so yeah, yeah. Uh, nah, definitely. Uh, if they've got room, I get somebody in as soon as possible that can actually score goals. Okay. Um, Mariners got up two-one over Brisbane, um, extending their unbeaten streak to five matches. Um, but this was a, a rare victory over over the Raw. Bernie Abini opened the scoring after four minutes. Mass for Docker squared things up on 32 before Tommy Rogic uh, volleyed in a winner from close range on 81. Mm. Rogic continuing his uh, his sparkling form yeah. in the Socceroos camp. Yeah, it, it just goes to show with, with uh, Central Coast they're not they're not so much reliant, I think, on on McBreen any McBreen anymore. I think Rogish is going to start popping up and scoring a few more goals as well. And um, Abini's there as well. Um, but for me, the, the interesting thing was, was Brisbane for this game. I mean, you know, this is not the Brisbane team that we know. No, it's not. There's something wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think very I mean, little personnel change from last season. Yeah. yeah, you know, completely different on the field. Uh, and, you know, got to look at Rado for that. Uh, I think, yeah, we, were we didn't hold back. After that, and we'll talk about Eric Partelou's sort of uh, repost to that, but he was uh, he was pretty scathing of his players in the, in the well, post-match you know, about you know kindergarten stuff and I, I saw him, have a good long look at themselves. And I've seen him getting flack for this, but to be fair, you know, I th- if he didn't come out and start kicking butts, we'd all be getting on his back for you know not laying down the law and not being authoritarian. But isn't it that you know, I think he, he was almost putting the responsibility onto the players and not shouldering any of that himself. Yes, I, mean, that's gonna be I the, agree. It's the it's the they rather than the it, we. It's got to be a team yeah. mentality, yeah, team yeah. Uh, I mean, responsibility it, thing uh, all across the board from management down to, to players. But it's the first time I've actually seen him getting fired up uh, yeah. in response to a loss. And it, it needs to be done. And he didn't do it well. But if you're a player, though, and you know, it's pretty clear that all's not well, you know, yeah. and... His methods might not be resonating. Then the last thing you want after a defeat is to hear him go, "Well, it's their fault." Oh, I think he's you know, clearly they're not pulling away. They need to have a look at themselves. Their kindergarten defense. You know, it's like those players are going to sit there and go, "Oh, so this is it." Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean that's it, sort of what seems to have happened. Yeah. You know, I, I think you know the players have to take a fair share of the blame. Oh though, yeah, to be yeah. But I, I, you want your coach to go and say we're all in it together. Yeah, you know, none of us were happy with that. We're gonna we're gonna put it right. We're responsible. Yeah, I think he's done that in the past, though. You know, I think the comments in the past have sort of said, you know, it's a work in progress where, you know, uh, the players did the best out there and all the rest of it. This time he was saying that's just not good enough. I mean, it's also like a bit bit of a false economy because at the end of the day, they're not going to fire all 25 players. No, no. So at the end of the day, it's his responsibility. Yeah, and I I think, you know, when when it's got to that stage where he's making those kind of statements and getting that kind of feedback from Partler... We're in the end of days, as far mm-hmm. as he's concerned, uh, unless he suddenly turns it around between now and New Year. And what, what was quite interesting, just on a second, I meant to say this when I checked, I don't know if you uh, five live Monday night club this week, they got Emil Heskey on the phone. 
Oh, right. They were asking him. They were asking him about some other stuff. They were talking about, you know, the changing role of the striker. They had Michael Owen on. They were talking about their partnership. They got him on the phone. They woke him up and they were asking him about the A League. And he said that he, he said that he'd been, uh, he'd been really surprised and impressed with the standards. Said that he was surprised that the, you know, the football that he would, he was being asked to play. You know, that it was, you know, they were, everyone was trying to play good football. He said. And what was quite interesting, he said, uh, said most, you know, like pretty much all the teams are committed to playing out from the back. He said, sometimes it's a little bit suicidal <laughs> when, when they do it. But he said, you know, everyone, you know, it's been commended. He said, it's been pleasantly surprised at the football that everyone's trying to play and, uh, and he's really enjoying it. So, yeah, so good. it's quite interesting to see that sort of, that take on it, you know, from, uh, from someone coming from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in. Let's, oh, let's just have a look at the ladder quickly. Adelaide obviously still top, 19 points. The Mariners on second, 17. Victory, uh, you know, from being right at the bottom when they took on Sydney FC. Uh, they're now in third on 13 points, level with the Jets. Glory on 11, Western Sydney on 10, Phoenix on 9, Melbourne Heart on 8, Brisbane on 7, and Sydney FC bringing up the rear on 6. All right, we'll be back after this break to look at some of the news on our website, au.442.com. This month's 442 gives you a rare insight into the mind of a football genius in our world-exclusive interview with Lionel Messi as he shares his goal-scoring secrets. We name the best goals ever scored by each Premier League and A-League team and pick our best Aussie goals in the EPL, relive some of the best last-ditch goals in football history, and there's even an interview with one of the most in-demand strikers, Radamel Falcao. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the app store. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, obviously, the uh, news yesterday was dominated by uh, Frank Farina, being appointed by Sydney FC as the man to see Sydney through to uh, the end of this season. That's the length of the deal at the moment. Um, Tony Pinata, CEO, said, you know, objective is, from this position is to try and make the top six and get into the finals. Lads, let's talk about Frank's appointment first. What do we think? Well, like man for the job at this point in time? Were, no. Were there many other options? Not at oh, all, I th- uh, I think to be honest. Sorry, Ken. Uh, no, I mean, at the moment, Sydney needs somebody to come in later in the law. Uh, you know, double training sessions... Uh, extras, really, you know, stiff on the players. Instead, we've got somebody whose track record is to have an old boys club uh, with lack discipline, and he may well have learnt from uh, his past mistakes, but history suggests he doesn't learn. He got done for drunk driving twice in the space of a couple of years, so he didn't learn his lesson the first time off that. Uh, hopefully he does learn his lesson uh, and turn Sydney around, but I'm not confident at all. And I'm sure there just must have been better options. The fans don't want it. 
Uh, we mix, yeah, mix probably more towards the we don't want him than than we do. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the fans looking at the Sydney SC forums, you know, there's two. One is on the football side of things, and the other is on the the personal side of things. You know, they're, they're questioning is that sort of person, what sort of role model is that for coach of the club? You know, um, he, you, I, you know, there's no doubting he's got experience and he has knowledge and wisdom uh, which he could impart, but. He, his his actual uh, use of that hasn't been displayed to its best advantage in the A-League. Uh, his best days were with the Socceroos, and they were, you know, not really that successful. Well, I, don't know. I don't know where to start with Farina. Look, um, I think his best days was actually when he was a player coach and he won the grand final with Brisbane Strikers in 97. Yeah, that was probably. probably the high point of yeah. his career as a coach. Um, I agree with Kev. I don't think he was my first choice. Uh, for me, I think in this situation, Branco and Mark Rudan would have done a good job till the end of the season. Branco as the coach, Mark Rudan as an assistant, particularly looking at the defensive side of the, uh, of the team. Um, I don't really care too much about his personal life, and he outlined that on his website last night. Well, he didn't. He got somebody to write it for him. Um, but he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me because Sydney FC at the start of the season said... We're building a club, and we're building a type of football as well. They've now appointed a coach who has no track record in that type of football that they were to- talking about. Well, what type of football are they talking about? Well, they were... I haven't seen any sort of type yeah. of football this year yet. Well, I mean, the, the, the philosophy <laughs> I, I was... I wouldn't know what to classify what Sydney FC are playing as. Yeah. I, I know what they said they wanted to play. Exactly. And but this, is, what, this goes against yeah. what they said they wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Brisbane Raw, uh, so Queensland Raw at the time, they didn't play any sort of style of football that you can say was attractive. It was a very hard, kind of hard-nosed, sort of 4-4-2 style of football. Was it uh, Bob Malcolm was brought in? Remember yeah, exactly. I mean, the man who signed Bob Malcolm. <sighs> he might improve Sydney's defence. <laughs> Bob, over you listening? Um, um, look, I'm not impressed. Right, I, mean, I mean, the question is, you know, was he Sydney's first choice? No, Because I mean, inevitably, I think, you know, with Sydney FC, as we've come to learn over eight years, uh, seven years, you know, Around any major announcement, there's always leaks, and you know Van Egmond that came out was yeah. approached, and I think even Sydney have admitted that he was like fourth choice. Uh, and so, how does, so how does that make you feel? You know, you're going into a job; it's a tough job anyway, and you know you you, were, you, you probably weren't first, second, or third choice. So it, do you know, do you realise in New South Wales each club has each club's coach has rejected Sydney FC? Popper was offered the job. Van Egmond was offered the job, and Arnie was offered the job. They were all rejected Sydney FC, yeah. so it's a strange situation. He comes in on Friday night. Um, that's another thing. I mean, he's, he's effectively not going to be coaching the team on Sunday because he comes Friday night, one session. So it's another week where they're kind of rudderless. Um, but look, you know, we hope for the league that Sydney does well. I think he was available, and you know, it's it's the best job for the man, not the best man for the job. Okay. Quick so question, crystal ball out. Are Sydney going to make the finals from this position with Frank Farina as coach? I think it's possible, you know, uh, but I think it's... Yes, possible. Yes or no? I think it's a terrible indictment on Sydney that just making the finals is their aspiration. From this position, 13 points adrift, third of the way through the season. I mean, yeah, the four points they they can make up. Are they going to make it up? Probably. Yes, from Kev. Wow. 
But I, I hardly think I don't I don't see finals as being an achievement to be honest. Yeah, no, but uh, that's the. But problem. they've said that's the objective now. From yeah, this but point I think it's shit house. I know. <laughs> yes or no? Look, I'm not here to answer those sorts of questions. <laughs> you want a yes or yeah. no? I don't Are think. They so. make the I don't think so. No. no. I, I I don't think they will. Either. I've not seen anything to say that they're in the no. best six sides, and I think the longer the the, the more games they know, play. I think the, the more the, the the better the well organised teams, the, the top team, as we see with victory, they're going to rise to the top. And I just yeah. don't see anything from Sydney that suggests to me that they're going to Sorry. turn this around in the next sort of twenty nineteen games. Jack, I mean, a Sydney team can make the finals, but it just won't be Sydney FC. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, Sydney FC can make the finals, but I don't think it's this team. Yeah, I think yeah. it could possibly be the other team in Sydney, the Wanderers. So. I just, I just, I just look at the rest of the league, and you just go, you know what? There's so many other good teams ahead of them right now. I don't think they're quite good enough at this point. They have to think about next but they season. But they, they, they are though. There is the talent there. It is a good team on paper. You put that team down on paper, and you have got a top three, top four team. You know, you've got Socceroos in there. You've got international World Cup winners. You've got. Uh, but in that starting lineup, who's your number nine? Who's your goal scorer? And, you know, it, it, well, Del Piero has been scoring the goals for them. That's all. Yeah, but, but those goals should be the icing, not the the reliance. Yeah. Well, it's Kinesi. You're talking about Kinesi. That's his job. But uh, he's. But where's where? Where was the track record for that? Well, he scored last season. Yeah, I know he scored, but like you know, yeah. to go and score 15 goals. Yeah. No, if I mean, you get, you know, that's you, not going to happen. If you're aiming for top two or three, yeah. you've got to look at your number nine and go, this guy's going to get me 15 goals. Goal every other game. Mm. That's what Shane Smeltz gives you. That's what Van Dyke gives you when he's playing. Mm. Yeah, that's what Archie Thompson can give you. You know, oh, that, without, you know, without a doubt, they've recruited poorly. But, you know, they were tr- they tried to get Loverick in. Hopefully that he was going to fill that role, and he obviously isn't. Uh, but he wasn't bought as a number nine. He was bought as a number ten, and now they've got that using him. Del Piero. And yeah. So Lovric is like, well, what's his role? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, they are going to struggle, but they still have a nucleus of a talented team. And while they may not score a huge amount of goals, they should still be able to compete very, very well, much better than they're doing at the moment. Uh, and I still think, you know, top four side. But I think, uh, you know, if, if, you're not, if you're not going to, if you haven't got, you know, if you're not free scoring, then the main thing you've got to be is tight at the back, and they're neither. They're not, but they have yeah, had injuries. They have had injuries. And conceding it's, over it's, two goals it's a game. Discipline. It's not talent. It's discipline. Uh, I think you know they really need to be stronger mentally uh, on the pitch to keep that concentration, to keep the discipline, to not give away stupid free kicks and upset pieces and around the box, to just maintain focus all the way through right to the final whistle. And that's been a lot of the issue. A lot of the. the, the they're not playing as a team. They're not playing as a unit. They're not passing properly to each other. They're not aware though. of each other. They're like strangers. And that's because they're only training for an hour a day. I mean, I just don't get that at all. When you're at the bottom of the bloody table, double bloody training shifts. I mean, it's surely, surely that's got to be basic mentality. All right. Well, we'll see what, yeah. uh, what Frank brings. Brings, um, yeah. We talked about this earlier, uh, another team that you'd say uh, relatively in crisis, um, certainly from the last two years, just only a point above Sydney. You know, we talked about Sydney's woes, but Brisbane Roar only a point above them. Um, Eric Partelou, in response to uh, to Rado Vidasic's uh, 
claims that they were guilty of kindergarten defending said um, this was in a, a chat with Cathy on the website said um, I think the more positive the comments coming out of the club the better for the team the defending wasn't great for the last goal but in times like this we all need to stick together so I think everyone needs to remember that coach, manager, staff included blaming people making accusations and negative comments isn't going to get anybody anywhere for me those comments are the sort of comments Rado should be making not Eric Partley mm. Yeah, well, that, you know that I, certainly suggests a bit of a divide, and that a less certainly less than harmonious uh, dressing room there. I think you know I think Partley's a very unhappy fellow at the moment. You know the the club's doing shit house. Uh, he got overlooked for the Socceroos. Uh, the coach is coming out and blaming the players without taking any responsibility for himself. He's not happy. Uh, and it shows uh, and everything he's saying and I agree with him entirely you know uh, it's not the way forward but having said that the like I said before the players do have to take responsibility and they're not uh, you know what I don't understand is a team of winners that has been winners for the past two seasons suddenly stop trying uh, and there's something Kevin, there. I, th- I think this I think the answer to that is simply that Last year, Ange came out in Perth and hammered them for a particular game where they just didn't defend well. Do you remember that game yeah, where he came yeah. out? He did it once, and it had an effect. Mm. Radha's done it twice, it's had no effect. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think the big difference is uh, Ange was the motivator. He, he, you, can, you can set up all you like, but if you're not switched on, and that's, that's the difference between yeah. the two coaches. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the idea that assistant can easily make the step up to being the the head coach is a fallacy to be honest you know I think they're complementary Di Matteo might sort of argue that he he stepped up but but he was already a manager before Uh, you know when you've got a team like Ange and Rado one was a tactician Mm. one was the the man manager uh, and they worked well like that together Ange can go on and be a success man management somewhere else but it takes, uh, you know, that charisma, that leadership quality to step up from being a tactician to being a man manager, and I think that's what Rad is missing. Uh, and also, he's still perceived as being the deputy. Uh, he was probably the nice guy link between the players and management uh, when Ange was there, and it's hard to shed that. Okay. All right. Well, there's a shock late yesterday when a new. PFA CEO Nick Holland uh, quit. Only three months in the job, former AFL player. Um, brief statement on the PFA website said that Nick Holland decided to step down as chief executive of the PFA with effect today. Amicable separation follows a divergence in views between Nick and the PFA regarding the direction of the association. So any, it wasn't any amicable. idea what it was? <laughs> Presumably, you can amicably disagree. Yeah, presumably we will say nothing more about this. So yeah, that's not very amicable. Mm. Um, Players didn't want to cut the arms off their shirts. (laughs) 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 Didn't want to wear those tight shorts. (laughs) More mullets. Well, weren't willing to change the shape of the ball. (laughs) Didn't want to change the role of midfield to on baller. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, Presumably, it was something to do with the TV deal. The negotiations. Well, it's the yeah. collective bargaining agreement is, yeah. a, is about to start in, in the sort of wake of the new TV deal. So, I mean, I, it, you'd assume that it was a, a, a difference of opinion in the tactics they were going to adopt towards that mm. and how they do it. I mean, they, they alluded to that with the, the line about an open and candid discussion. Um, 
that he was confident too fresh that too fresh at the negotiation table would pave the way for open and candid discussions, whatever that means. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shock. Yeah, I mean, you can only presume that one side wanted more money and the other side was happy to accept the uh, the current salary cap. Uh, given the way the PFA has been uh, making noises recently, you would imagine that the old guard at the PFA wanted more money. Mm. The uh, FFA, well, Frank Lowy and the, yeah. when the TV deals now sort of fired the opening salvo yeah. he, towards the yeah. PFA. But. And uh, to be fair, you know, I think for the, the standard level, most players are well paid uh, in the, the A-League at the moment. Uh, it's not EPL quality wages. It's not EPL quality play for most of them. Uh, and those that are EPL quality generally are getting paid marquee wages. Okay. Um, obviously, the, uh, the Socceroos light camp has been going on this week uh, in preparation for the East Asian uh, qualifiers. Um, that will be taking place next week. Kev, you've been down there having a look at the guys when you've been allowed to? Yeah, I've... Uh, Anyone you know, been standing out? Anyone been doing well? No, it, it's been a case of uh, everyone getting used to playing with each other. This is a very raw camp in the sense of there's not many experienced heads from the soccer, from a Socceroos perspective in there. Uh, so there's no spine of experience going through the, the group. Uh, it's a lot of players who aren't used to playing with each other uh, get finding their feet. Uh, so in that sense, I only saw them Monday, Tuesday for a couple of hours each day. Uh, can't say anybody was actually standing out per se, but uh, it's an interesting squad. Uh, I was chatting to somebody about uh, Eric Parthlow being missing, uh, and the suggestion is that uh, it was more a reflection of his recent form and uh, maybe a wake-up call to him to, to raise his game, which is a reflection of Brisbane Roar's performances recently and uh, his attitude towards that, perhaps. Uh, and once he uh, gets on top of that, then he might be a, a shoe in for it. There's not a lot of competition within the A League for his position, I would have said. Uh, so you would hope he would get the call up. Uh, in terms of the rest of the squad, it's it's there's a lot of players fighting for spots. Uh, Matt McCann is there, looking like a, a rugby. Uh, yeah. What was all that about? He's carrying a facial injury from uh, Korea which ruled him out of his last games and he's actually promised to his club that he'll only get involved for the, the games themselves if he's picked. Uh, so there wasn't that much action from him. Mm. I was really pleased to see Dino Julbich in, in the squad. I think he's, he's had a terrific season, or last two seasons really. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at this sort of player as the type of player Sydney FC need at the back, a really dominating, uh, commanding... He was putting in some crunching tackles as well. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was out to make an impression. I think he wants this quite badly. Good. Uh, and yeah, he wasn't holding back in the slightest, uh, to the point where a finger on the shutter, waiting for the fists to start flying in response to some of the tackles. Who did he hit? I can't remember to be honest. Um, Come on, I've got the pictures, but I can't remember. Can't All right, remember. the pictures will be on the site. Yeah. I'm yep. sure. Speaking so, of the pictures, what was that picture of John Boltby and Holgerosik about? I had no idea. It was very unusual. Did you see it? The, no, the uh, folded envelope. Yeah, yeah, just and it was a proper surreptitious. I folded it up in my hand and I'm passing it to you in the handshake, and uh, Holger slipped it into his shirt's pocket straight afterwards, Maybe without he, reading it. Is he match day bonus from Korea? I don't know. Uh, on, honestly, how do, you, how do you do that? <laughs> it was uh, his name was handwritten on the envelope, 
Uh, and yeah, it was that's a, a good zoom lens you it got. It was a FFE envelope, but uh, I've got no idea what it was about. Maybe it was his valet parking badge or something. <laughs> Could well be. It was laundry. laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrible place to park. All right, well, look, the Socceroos uh, will be playing four games over the next sort of uh, week and a half. Uh, they kick off on the 3rd of December, Monday. Monday, yeah. Um, against Hong Kong. Um, then they play North Korea. Then Guam and then Chinese Taipei. However, only the winners progress. So it's a five-team uh, round-robin. Uh, and the winners will then progress to the, uh, to the finals, which is uh, next July in South Korea. Uh, and the winners will join China, Japan, and South Korea in a four-way shootout. <laughs> Asian Cup. Yeah. And we're, we're, um, we're big EAFF fans here aren't we? all over it yeah all over it. we're doing a special for it i think i think, yeah, I I think so microsite microsite special edition yeah. yeah special yeah. edition mag i mean interesting with the timing though in july because hopefully this will be a month after the soccer is a secure qualification to brazil bit of a chance to go away for a bit of a jolly <laughs> south <laughs> career play a few games but also importantly if i'm holger i want to qualify for this because that gives me the chance to have a look at the guys. When the pressure's off, hopefully we've just qualified for the World Cup a month before, or hopefully yeah. in advance of that, you say to the senior guys, take your break. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the chance to, like, you know, the, the, the possibles that are going to try and fall, you know, because mm. then they're, they're ahead of their next season. Yeah. So then you call them in and you say, right, you've got three games here to impress against the best in the region, you know, and teams that we could end up you know, facing in the World Cup, we progress, go out and prove to me, then go back to your club and put in six months of hard work. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. To be honest, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get involved in this kind of competition yeah. uh, within Asia since we joined the, the AFC. It's ideal for exactly those kind of purposes. We, you know, can really try out new players, blood uh, a few youngsters, and, uh, yeah, just get a proper look at a wider uh, aspect to the the soccer rules, but it's also but that, that seeing them, you know, because you know when we when we had Mark Rudin in or when we had uh, Anthony Creer in, it's not just about the ninety minutes; it's about the character off the pitch, the character in a, in a group dynamic, and for Holgers potentially to have these guys for like a couple of weeks where they're going to play three good quality games against Japan, South Korea, China. That's a real carrot for me. So mm. I, I, you know, mm. I really hope that they, uh, that they do qualify. Mm. And they're playing DPR career in the qualifiers. I think it'll be between us two. Yeah, you'd think um, so. You'd, you'd think imagine. So. And look, DPR career, they're, they're difficult. Um, it's not going to be easy. Games like Guam and you know Hong Kong, that's kind of like the old Oceania days when we'd play Solomon Islands and Fiji. But that, that, the DPR career game on the 5th of December, that's, that's going to be probably the... The, the decider, you'd imagine. Well, on Guam, their coach, Gary White, oh, has, uh, Gary. has described the game as the biggest game in the history of Guam football. Uh, it's the first time... I never thought I'd hear you say those words, Jacko. The biggest <laughs> game in Guam football. They're ranked 181st <laughs> in the world. Uh, and, but have uh, had a couple of decent results, including a couple of 3-0 wins against their former nemesis, Macau. <laughs> Producer Simon chuckling away, little chuckle brothers. Um, so let's not underestimate him. Definitely not. Oh, just while we're speaking here, yeah. uh, Holger's named his 20-man squad oh, for the competition. Oh, here we go, hot off the press. Uh, Antonis, Babalge, Beach, Cornthwaite, 
Jovic, Franich, Emerton, Galekovic, Garcia, Jemison, Moroni, uh, Akai, Milligan, Mui, Rogic, Ryan, Smith, Taggart, Thompson, and Thwaite. So no Wilkshire? No Wilkshire, no. no so yeah, fairly uh, rough and ready, raw, Socceroo side. And for Aaron's mom and dad, Aaron Moy's mom and dad, he did make the squad. That was just Kevin's Scottish pronunciation. Is it Moy? Mui. Mui. Is it not Moy? Is it Mui? Mui? Yeah. It looks, <laughs> looks like it should be Mui. All right. It's the joy of working by yourself from home. <laughs> you see all these words and <laughs> actually see them out loud. All right. And on that note, let's pause for another break. We'll be back after this to, uh, to preview uh, round nine. Of, uh, of the A-League. At the Sydney Radio School, we can teach you the skills you need for a career in the media. But you're in Sydney, I hear you say. Well, the Sydney Radio School is now everywhere because you can study with us online. Whether you are in Australia or anywhere in the world, you can start working towards a career in the media. And you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. For more info, visit sydneyradioschool.com.au or find us on Facebook. Psst. Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to turn our attention back to the A-League and look at round nine. Gets underway tomorrow. Melbourne Victory hosts Perth Glory. Big game, this, I think. You know, Victory looking to uh, capitalise on the run of good form. Perth Glory had a bit of a dip recently. Um, Glory are on 11 points, Victory on 13. You know, so for uh, they won't want to see teams like Melbourne go five points clear of them. So um, should be a cracking game. You're this. right. Yeah, this is probably um, you know for Perth. It's uh, I mean all games are you know you want to win all games, but you know coming off two losses, well a loss and a draw at home against a side that's really on a roll. This is this is a huge game. And also Victory's first game at Amy Park. Finally, this year. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they played at Etihad all the time. Right, yeah, they've changed the uh, the deal there. It used to be five games through the season. Yeah. Now, because of the Big Bash League, it's the first five home games. Oh, sir, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there yeah. we go. So I'm expecting to see Amy Park pretty much full for this game. Twenty two, twenty three thousand, I think. Great stadium. I think Victory will enjoy being back at Amy Park. And the surface. Yeah. Know, compared with Etihad. Yeah. With what was it? Was that a Coldplay or a Radiohead concert. Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. Who ruined Alli- Alliance as well, apparently. So, poor man's Radiohead. Mm. Uh, yeah. Look, really looking forward to this game, Jacko. Old man's, <laughs> young man's Radiohead. <laughs> um, hey, but, steady on. <laughs> just realised what you said there. <laughs> Chic. And Kevin, by the way, Mariah Carey's coming here as well. I just thought I'd let you know. She's on tour soon. She's a bit contemporary for Kev. She is a bit. Do you want me, do you want me to get your tickets? <laughs> All right, Kev, so how, how do you see Glory approaching this? Um, it's going to be a containment 
uh, exercise, you would think, uh, victory being on a roll, uh, glory trying to pick up the pieces of uh, their early season form. Um, I think if they can stop victory running over them, that's going to be considered success for them, to be honest. Uh, I think they'd be happy to leave with a draw if they can. Um, I think that would be a good result for them. Um, I think victory, however, will come away with a win. They just seem to be finally found the mojo. Everything's clicking into place for them. Everybody knows what they're doing in the team now at last. Uh, and uh, I can see them making a really strong charge from the end to the end of the season from here. If they can get this win under their belt, uh, the momentum they're going to get going is, could be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean that obviously that squad announcement does it. So I'm guessing that Archie Thompson now will won't play. No, I think nor Mark Milligan. No, I think uh, they will play tomorrow and then fly out on Saturday. I've got a feeling I saw somebody was doing that. I think it must be them. Right. Okay. So I mean that's that's what, that, there's an obvious benefit there. Scott Jemison, I think, was quoted as saying that he would be doing that. There's if an I'm obvious benefit there to playing on the Friday night because we're going to yeah. get to Sydney and exactly. other teams and Melbourne Heart that are going to be missing players through soft rules duty. Yeah. yeah, although I, I assume that they all don't play on the weekend. I'd, I'd have thought up. that would be the case. I would have thought they would have just they would stay in camp now and they would. I'm pretty sure I saw somebody was quoted saying that they would be playing this weekend and then flying out, and I think it was. Uh, but they, don't they? It says they, they depart Friday morning. Yeah. Soccer, yeah. the corner well, soccer is corner soccer is. Maybe maybe it was one of the Euro or one yeah. of the Asian ones that was going to join them. Okay. Uh, in that case. Yeah. So that suggests, you know, does that put a different complexion on it now that, mm. that Melbourne are going to be missing Mark Milligan and Archie Thompson? I think that will impact them, but, you know... Um, Flores comes back in, presumably. Yeah. Gloria are going to be missing Scott Jemison, so it's almost one for one. Uh, but one Taggart comes back in, so he was he was in the original squad, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Flores, I think Flores is going to be a key as well here. I can't see anyone stopping victory right now. I mean, Central Coast was so good... Yet they still couldn't stop victory um, two weeks ago. So it's hard to see anyone stopping victory right now. They've just got that momentum. Yeah. Right, that's three of us going for a victory win then. Um, guarantee Perth, for the Perth fans out there. Sorry, boys. Oh, I, realize I, done, I didn't do my tips again last week. Um, uh, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so excuses. far adrift. It just doesn't matter anymore. Propping up the bottom um, of the ladder. Now, top of the table clash. Could be the game of the round. Could be an absolute arm wrestle. Could be a season decider. Mariners host Adelaide Saturday, early evening, Blue Tongue Stadium. Mm. Now, interestingly, the complexion on this is the, the temperature forecast for New South Wales is sweltering on Saturday, 40 oh. degrees. Apparently. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez. Which could put a, a, a real sort of complexion on this game kicking off at 5.30. Um, mm. What do we think? Massive game for the Mariners. They'll look at this as, right, this is our chance to leapfrog. Go top of the table. Mm. Everything, everything for them to aim for. No, Rogic as well. Adelaide, you'd probably say they'll look at this and go, this is a good game to, to come away with a point. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if they can come away with a point, they'll be happy uh, just to have kept Mariners behind them uh, and down the table. But like I say, I think it could well be, you know, it's, we're only round nine, uh, but I think potentially season decider in this game. Uh, if uh, Mariners can get the nose in front, I can't necessarily see them, you know, uh, slipping back down again. Uh, 
So it's vital for United to, to keep them in check and uh, see if they can hold them to the draw. And Ada, how do you see the Mariners coping without Rogic? I mean, he's been so pivotal to yeah. to the yeah. way they've played. I mean, on, on the bench, you know, last week they had Oli Bozanic, who's become a bit of a forgotten man there, I, you know. I was, genuinely actually yeah, had so forgotten about Yeah, pivotal Bozanic. in that run to the grand final a couple of years ago, mm. you know, scored in the grand final. Yeah. And such a talented player. Yeah. You know, the fact that they've got that kind of depth on the bench is quite scary if uh, I was Adelaide, to be honest. So but presumably you know, Bazanish comes in for Rogic. You would think um, so. Providing he's match fit and sh- match sharp, uh, that's a hell of a good substitution to make. Yeah, um, but I think the conditions, if it is 40 degrees, and it it's going to be a grind. hotter up on the central coast as well. So I think that'll play a lot into this. I, I think this could be one of those nil-nil games where it's just the conditions play a huge role I think both sides will be pretty solid and tight in these conditions yeah I can see um, a goal in it I can clean sheet so rare but Galekovic not playing of course so that's the trade off you miss Rogic but you miss Galekovic I'm not sure who the second keeper is in Adelaide that's probably his late announcements we're scrambling that yeah. our, oh, no, preview Ryan, com- our preview has been completely <laughs> scuppered by trying to work out which teams are missing players Matt on the Ryan fly out as well Matt Ryan, yes, of course. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's... Maybe Basanich will play in goal. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin Passfield Just will come in for, the, for the Mariners. So I, I no, 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 Ma- no, he hasn't been named in the squad. Ryan? No. Yes, he has. Oh, yes? I've got it in front of me. Oh, I've got a clip message, that's why. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> lads. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> yeah. I'm tipping a nil-nil draw. Nil-nil. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I'm going to go draw as well. I think 1-1. One, one. All right, Brisbane Raw, under pressure... Brisbane Raw hosts the Newcastle Jets. You know, I Kev. think uh, what I was going to say earlier when we were talking about uh, Raw is I think Rudd is very lucky that Crookie went first because uh, I think it's kind of that's the first blood of the season and it's kind of taken the pressure off him a little bit because we've got the first sacking out of the way or first exit out of the way. Uh, so on, on the view that it's not as embarrassing if you're the second to go. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and also I don't think there's quite the media pressure looking for that, you know, sensing blood in the water type thing. Uh, otherwise, I think this... If Crookie hadn't gone, I think that he would be fighting for his job this weekend. As it stands, I think he's probably got until the new year uh, to, to do something to turn around the fortunes. Um, but having said that, I don't see them getting a win again, win here either. Uh, Jets putting together a good run of games, playing impressive football. Uh, I mean, came back from the dead last weekend. Mm. Uh, and yeah. And no Matt Smith to Mark Heskey. It'll be probably taken up by German, I think, for this game. So I think yeah. that's, a, that's a plus for the Jets. Yeah. And they do well up there as well. They, they're one of those teams who have a good record in Brisbane. So um, yeah, I'm tipping the Jets to win this one, 2 1. Okay. I'll go for 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. I'm going to tip 2-all. Uh, all right. Phoenix, Western Sydney, make the first trip over to uh, over the Tasman to uh, to Wellington. Um, how do you think they're going to go? I think this will be the game of the round where you're going to see a red card, maybe two. I think this is going to be the one where you <laughs> really... <laughs> this tip a melee every week. <laughs> I think this has got melee written all over it. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, it's got melee written all over it. Where do you see the flashpoints? I see the flashpoints. I see Manny Musket. I see a tackle on Ono early, and it'll be flashpoints. I'll be flashpoints all over. <laughs> two very physical sides. Yeah, um, I, I think Phoenix uh, will romp home in this one, to be romp. honest. I think we could they see a romp. Kevin, they haven't romped all season. Exactly. What makes you think they're going to romp in Wellington? on one hand and a romp on the other. Nah, Welly's going to romp. Welly's going to welly. Wanderers. 3-0. Uh, 
I think Phoenix can win this one, but I don't think it'll be three one. I think they'll just get ahead, maybe one nil in it in a really tough game. And it's windy and it's rainy and there's red cards and it's one of those games. <laughs> one nil. <laughs> right, there we have it. I'm gonna tip a narrow Phoenix victory, I think. Yeah, probably one nil, two one. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Fran Farina will be on the bench at the Allianz uh, to take charge. Uh, he's only going to have had one session with the team on Saturday morning, um, so not much he will be able to do probably in terms of, sort of changing the way of play, but obviously he'll be there in terms of uh, the, the team talk and the organisation and how he sends the team out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see how many people turn up to this. Yeah. Um, we know that Friday nights are, are, are trouble in Sydney, you know, difficult in Sydney, even when the team's doing well, but when mm. the team's doing badly. But Sunday, five o'clock, perfect for families, new coach. Come on. Yeah. What's, what's the weather like? Uh, 40 degrees on the Saturday makes yeah. me think thunderstorms on the sa- Sunday. Well, it's Sydney, so they're Sydney just, at home. So, so they always yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I think it's a test for the crowd as well. I think Del Piero has kind of said that in this message on his website. It's time that we backed 24 and rainy. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, very interesting game. Uh, I can't pick this one. I just, it's, I just don't know what's going to happen. I can see potentially a draw. Uh, I'll give Sydney the benefit of the doubt and go for the draw on this one um, but I don't see them winning uh, unless Farino does manage to work a miracle uh, in the space of 24 I hours which... missing Emerton and Tonis yeah I think to be honest he's going to come in and say look you know you've had a rough ride up to now I don't expect miracles I'm not going to see expect you to see turn things around in this one match uh, all I want to do is see you do your best prove to me you know that you should be in my plans for the future uh, and uh, let's take it from Monday uh, but you know try for the win in the meantime uh, so I don't expect too much from them this game uh, so if they can pull off a 1-1 draw I think that would be a result for them reality though I think Hart win 2-1 It'll be interesting the sort of half-time team talk that he gives. You know, let's, let's say they're down, they're down one nil to a Tadic goal, and they go in. You know, what sort of team talk he's going to give? Presumably, he's on the bench. He's going to take over. So, mm. I think that's going to be really interesting to see how he how he adapts to that first team talk if they're down. He, yeah. Okay. I mean, Melbourne Hart had a had a great away win last year at the Allianz. Um, it was in between Christmas and New Year. It was four yeah. nil. Remember when Babalj had a cracking game so and Adrian Zara when he did the somersault Fred was flip yeah Fred was all over the place and ran the show um, so they'll have good memories from there but um, I don't know I don't know where this game's going to go it could go anywhere could I mean, this Melbourne be the Hart Barney Melee that Hart are up and down you know I, I think I'm going to tip a narrow Sydney win <laughs> 1 0 wow let's hope over experience really. look I think I think there will be goals though I've just got a feeling there will be goals I just I can't I, I just don't know which way it'll go hmm. alright that's it for this week we'll be back next week um, to pick the bones out of uh, round 9 and also uh, discuss how the Socceroos are getting on uh, in the uh, East Asian Cup that we're all so excited about um, at this stage I don't think it's going to be on TV though uh, I spoke to Fox this morning and they said that uh, they, they hadn't got plans at this stage to show it because the, the feed that was coming out of there wasn't of a sufficient quality for them. Um, so I don't know whether anyone else might pick it up. But SBS, here's your chance. Step <laughs> yeah. in now. 
All right, but at this stage, it looks like it's not going to be televised, so we'll be uh, we'll be watching via the internet, or it'll sort of yeah. be a feed somewhere that we can pick up. But anyway, uh, we'll be back next week to uh, talk about how the Socceroos are getting on and uh, all that's been happening in the A League. So get out, support your team, enjoy the weekend's football. We'll be back next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.